Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. And I am here with Erica Petty today. Welcome, Erica, for to, uh, coming to the show today. Thanks for having <laughs> me back. That was a mouthful. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk about some high school college planning, but really pre um, thinking about pre college planning, meaning pre high school, right? Is that kind of mm-hmm. how you would term it? Um, I would say somewhat pre-high school, but definitely early in the game to try and figure out where we want kids to be. You know, I mean, this is not something that we can, that we as parents should let by, but it's something that if you're wanting to set your kid up for high school, you got to start a bit early. Yeah, it's funny you should say that. I was just having a conversation with a parent of a first and third grader, and I was giving him some hints as to what he needs to do from now for the third grader, because if he doesn't do well in the Georgia milestones, third grade's a pretty important grade. So it kind of yeah. sets you into the path of, you know, what are you going to take? Are you going to go on the advanced, you know, path? Are you going to go into a gifted program? Then it goes into high school before you know it. It's really important to think about these things from second and third grade, right? Erica, you have a daughter. <laughs> I do. I do. And she's 14. And We've been talking about those these things and kind of her plans since she was little. And that's got to be part of, I think, just the daily discussion, not just about what did you do? What was your grade? But what are you wanting to do? Where, you know, what do you, especially as they get older, they may not know at five or 10 what they want to do. And I wouldn't expect them to, but I would expect, to, I would expect to be able to have a discussion with my child and start figuring out their interests and things like that. Now, that doesn't mean over scheduling them with you know, extracurriculars, but let's really get them to a position where they are feeling much more successful and prepared for where they want to go. I agree. Yep. Uh, This little first grader was able to tell me what he wanted to do. (laughs) So, and it's not being a doctor, police officer, or a fireman. (laughs) It's actually, it was an interesting question. I mean, he gave me a great answer. He said something to deal with building doing buildings almost seemed like real estate possibly but or architecture or something like that Mm -hmm. I was trying to get to the point if he would under if he would need like a a strong math background so (laughs) that's why I asked him that but that's exactly what parents should be doing and yeah it may change he's only a first grader but that's okay you can uh, have an idea and it's probably not going to be drastically changing I wouldn't think so let's start Yeah, let's start with when should students start planning? We kind of started saying that, but when should um, parents um, have their students start planning, I guess? <laughs> um, I've found, you know, you know, this is my, what, what, my 16th year in the classroom over the last 18 years or so. 
And the earlier you have that discussion, the better. Um, some of the bigger districts like Fulton County Cobb, things like that, they offer a program in middle school as a diagnostic called U Science. And a friend of mine had asked me about that recently and they're like, what is it? I'm like, is it all science questions? I'm like, no, it's literally them understanding the science of themselves to start kind of being one of those first career interest type inventories. Um, most of the bigger districts have only been doing this the last two or three years. I remember when you and I both were at the same middle school together, like one of those last years we were there before we everything shut down with COVID, it had just come online that they were actually starting to do that in their connections classes. Mm. So in middle school is a good time to start that discussion, especially when they're starting to get exposed to things that isn't just, you know, art, PE, STEM, you know, library and music as their specials, their connections, you know, where they can start to see healthcare, broadcasting, things like that. Let your mm -hmm. kid try some of these different things to see if they like it. You know, because in middle school is a perfect time to start trying it because they're only in a class for nine weeks. Try mm -hmm. it. And if they don't like it, don't take it again. But they've at least been exposed to it to start thinking about it. I agree. I mean, I saw a report recently where these are the top 50 jobs, the highest paid for 2022. And almost every one of them was some type of engineering. Um, mm -hmm. This, this engineering, this engineering, electrical engineering, but even some engineering I've never even heard of before. So Everybody can right. get it by Googling that. You'll find that information. Now, does college have to be in each child's plan? Absolutely, positively not. Mm, um, I agree. You know, micro <laughs> of dirty jobs says it best. You know, we need people who are going to be an HVAC technician or an electrician or a plumber or well, you know, a mason doing brickwork and tile and things like that or into construction and whatnot. And or a truck driver, you know, and those people make very, very good money. Does it help for them to have sometimes maybe a two-year degree or some sort of certification? Absolutely. But does a four-year, what we think of as college or post-secondary education, have to be in the plan for everybody? No, we need CNAs. We need phlebotomists. We need medical mm -hmm. assistants and people who can understand billing and coding. And those people can make good money, especially if they're trained really well in some of the specialties of those programs. And having that discussion that that's okay for your kid is totally an option. Mm -hmm. Whatever they do, they need to be happy and be feeling like they're doing their best, not mm -hmm. forced down a path because everybody else has gone down that path or because everybody in the Joneses goes down that path. Let your kid explore and do and be willing to let them try that. Okay, it's not working out. or hey, they're really good at computers, okay, and they want to build them or whatever or repair them, do that, but get a get an associate's in business so you can run your own business and know how to do your books and handle marketing and things like that at the same time. I and, agree. <laughs> and, that's, and that's okay. And I think that's something that we should be encouraging. And there's definitely means that are coming back out that are good options that the state is allowing us to do if you're here local in Georgia that I'd love to talk to you about another time, but that's another podcast. We seem to always come up with those. No, we'll have you back on again, Erica. I forgot to mention Erica is a high school teacher and she already said how many years she's been teaching uh, and doing um, chemistry right now, correct? Are yes, you? Yeah. So uh, she is very knowledgeable because she's a veteran teacher as well. Um, so why are electives so important in high school? I'm going to say they're not just important in high school, they're important in middle school. 
but they're mm. definitely important in high school because for one reason, the state of Georgia has these career CTAE, career tech, agricultural education pathways. A kid can take three courses in a pathway. They can take what they call an end of pathway test and get a certification in Adobe, get a certification in basic healthcare to where they can walk out of there with the beginnings of their CNA license, a certification in computer science and take one of the comp TIA type tests. And for a kid that may not be good with languages or that just truly has an interest in those concepts, sometimes having that certification can get them a job that they can be working while gaining their post-secondary education, be it in a tech school or some sort of certificate or a four-year thing and get paid and work on the side. And then depending on the kid, they may or may, may realize I can make a lot of money doing X, Y, or Z just with this mm -hmm. certification. Now I just need to add these little things to make myself more marketable compared to a traditional four-year degree. Right, I agree. And being able yeah. to explore those electives in middle school and high school means that they get exposed to more. Mm -hmm. I've had a, I think we push the AP, the STEM route, not that we don't need STEM people and engineers and doctors and nurses and things like that. But we put, we say that everybody has to go that way because it's the way of the future. It's not, not completely. We still need mm -hmm. all these other things. So expose your kid to it. Let them try it. Let them try automotive. Let them try construction. Let them try you know, Welding. broadcasting or, you know, whatever, yep. and see what they enjoy and learn some skill. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Would your child like to improve their SAT or ACT test score so they can get into the college of their dreams? But they need special attention, something they can't get at large classes like Kaplan or Princeton Review. Dynamis Learning Academy offers individual and small group SAT and ACT prep to help your child improve his scores quickly and easily. Go to dynamislearningacademy.com to learn more or reach out at 770-282-9931. I have had two boys recently just in the last few days, a 10th grader and one that already had graduated, who I guess took a gap year, messaged me and asked my opinion about you know, technical tray, like one that wants to go into welding and doing pipeline welding and another uh, is good. He had a good GPA out of in Georgia. Um, he doesn't live in the Atlanta area, but he wants to um, do something related to um, biometrics, something or another, I think he said, um, trying to remember what he asked me about. Um, he asked me what colleges would be the cyber security. Uh -huh. Um, you know, he asked me which colleges would be the best for that. So uh -huh. I'm like, and then he mentioned DeVry. DeVry is a great college. It's been around a long time, actually, and not as expensive as your traditional four-year Georgia Tech or, or uh -huh. whatever. So how can, how does, uh, what a student takes in terms of the content, the rigor, uh, set them up for success or not? I think. My first part of that is if your kid is not, and, and this is me, this is me with my parent hat on simultaneous with my teacher hat. <laughs> so wearing both at the moment, if it's a subject your kid is not truly interested in, they would be better off 
in an on-level or honors class than being pushed to an honors or AP, depending on where they are typically as a student, just because everybody takes the AP class or they need to be in that because of this, there, or the other. There are classes that you can get rigor points for when it comes to the HOPE GPA. Again, if you're here in Georgia, you know, that's how some kids get part of their schooling paid for or all of it if they score a certain point. But again, that's another podcast. Um, but if they are like my daughter, for example, she is not a math and science person. She is totally the opposite. Her mama, she, she is good as it. She will get a B, you know, a B or a low A, but it's not what she enjoys. So to push her down the track of you're in, she's currently in geometry algebra two. So to say, okay, you've got to take pre-calc and then you have to take AP calc would be doing a disservice to my child. You know, whereas her interest is in the humanities. Okay, take AP Wang, take AP Lit, take your extra advanced composition class and things like that, that are more the things that she's aligned to being more of a humanities person and recognize that and let your kid do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, do colleges want to see rigor? Absolutely. But some of the courses by the nature of what they are as a scientist, inherently chemistry counts on the rigor points. Physics counts mm -hmm. on the rigor points. They don't need to necessarily go the AP route. Right. If that's not a division that they're interested in. The number mm -hmm. of kids that I see at the high school level that are struggling with mental health issues because of the academic rigor, not that they're not capable, but because it's too much at once mm. is a lot. Let your kid have some say and be okay with it. Don't bump them into all these upper level classes if it's not their passion. It's just right. like, you know, you and I have taught with gifted kids a lot. It doesn't mean you have to be sitting in the gifted class in every, you don't have to be served as they call it in every single subject. Be served mm -hmm. in the ones you're good in, the ones that you enjoy. The ones that are your strengths. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's not a child's strength, right? Just like adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So how can um, uh, a parent help their child find success without helicoptering? Um, you know, we all know, you might want to say what helicoptering is in case people don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let's start with helicoptering. Helicoptering is a term that those of us in education often use about parents who are constantly hovering over grades, constantly handling their child's business for them they're the ones that reach out to the teacher. They're the ones that ask for the extra credit or the remediation. Let your kid handle their business and move. So, you know, and they're constantly going, well, what can they do? What can they do? They need an A, what can they do? Well, they've got an 86. Let's, let's say that they have a B and let's move on. You know, it's what it is. Um, let your kid handle. But instead of that, you got to teach them the skills of how to advocate for themselves. Hey, Mrs. Panos, I did not understand this subject very well. Is there something I should be doing to make it better the next time? Can you go over the questions I missed with me on the test? Because I know they're going to come back again in some way. I know I need to understand this. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. Your kid needs to be asking those questions, not you as the adult. Your kid needs to know when tutorial time is or how to get extra help. You shouldn't be the one asking as the parent. Set I, your kid up with how to ask, how to write a proper email that everything doesn't go in the subject line, you know, how to be polite when they ask for things like that. 
and how to accept the answer if the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And if you're setting your kid up for that, those are just good life skills to have as a person. So right. let your yep. kids start learning how to do that in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Does that mean that you don't monitor their grades, monitor their attendance, make sure they're getting their stuff done? No, it doesn't. It means you still do that. Please mm-hmm. don't step away from your kid just because you think they're now that they're 15 or 16 and sitting in my chemistry class, they know how to handle it. They right. don't, not if you've been doing it for them. Te- teach them how to do that. I'm glad Work you thought that. How to do that. Yeah, because and, I think a big problem is not we, you know, everybody's bought into this uh, you know, independence. Everybody's telling parents you got you gotta let them be independent, but everybody has to be shown how to be independent, right? right. So you don't learn how to ride your bike go, without okay, someone don't be independent. You. you don't learn how to tie your shoes without someone showing you how to do it and practicing with you and encouraging you along the way. We have to be doing the same thing with those skills when it comes to looking at electives and choosing, when it comes to writing an email and asking for help, when it comes to asking for a letter of recommendation or thanking somebody for it. And those are all strategies that your kid needs in a post-secondary environment to be a successful member of the workforce. So teach them how to do it as they go mm-hmm. and help I them. I mean, my daughter will even look at me and go, Mom, I need to send this email to my teacher and she'll type it up. She'll send me a screenshot. Do I need to change anything? Have I been polite enough? Am I doing? That's my job as a parent is to teach and support, but Mm -hmm. she's going to handle her business. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we would do that even amongst teachers. If we had to send an email to people, sometimes we'd have each other look at it. Oh, absolutely. Even adults do that. (laughs) Absolutely. I do that to this day sometimes. It just depends who I'm sending it to. I like right. to some, sometimes have a, a second pair of eyes. Well, I know we got to wrap up, but I want to uh, let parents know that Dynamis Learning Academy is offering this as a service that we can help you kind of track and plan your child's, um, you know, post-secondary uh we're not a planning company, a full-fledged planning company. There's other college planning services. This is much more simpler, I guess I would say, Erica, right? Um, oh, maybe absolutely. you can describe it better than me. We just kind of point you in the right direction. Well, and, <laughs> and that, that it's a type of thing that we can be a resource and there are means for us to help with that. But it's also one of those, I think part of it is empowering the parents to know that it's okay that their kids are on the right track or to be able to go back to the school and go, hey, here's what my kid's interested in, advocating, helping your kid advocate for a schedule change. If they're really in a class that doesn't fit their goals or what they want to do compared mm-hmm. to sitting in something and possibly failing a class just because they don't want to be there. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on, on to our show and sharing your wisdom and knowledge from the high school perspective for college planning. And everybody, I wish you a great rest of your day and we will talk to you soon and see you on the next show. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. 
Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamislearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.